Hello and welcome. I am Michele Matarazzo and this is the MDS podcast, the podcast channel of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society. In this September issue of the podcast, we are going to discuss about an article published on the Movement Disorders Journal on the use of anti-inflammatory drugs and the risk of developing Parkinson's disease in LARC2 mutation carriers. To do so, we have the pleasure to have with us Dr. Marta San Luciano from the Department of Neurology of the University of California, San Francisco, in the United States. She is the first author of this article titled Non-steroidal Anti-Inflammatory Use and LARC2 Parkinson's Disease Penetrance. So first of all, Marta, thank you for joining me and welcome to the MDS podcast. Hello, and thank you very much for the invitation. I found your article fascinating. There are many interesting aspects I would like to talk about, but let's start with some background. Why looking at anti-inflammatory drugs in Parkinson's disease? Uh, thank you. Um, there is a, a long-standing belief that the use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, including aspirin and ibuprofen, may reduce the risk of, heart, of idiopathic Parkinson's disease. Inflammation, this is not new, has been long thought to have a role in PD pathogenesis, especially in perpetuating neurodegenerative mechanisms. There are animal models and epidemiological research in humans to support uh, the importance of inflammatory mechanisms in PD uh, at multiple levels. Um, for example, at the cellular level, there is activated microglia, inflammatory cytokines, and abnormalities in the complement system uh, all appear to have roles in PD pathogenesis. Um, for example, activated microglia may underline the oxidative stress you know, that may be responsible for the dopaminergic cell loss in PD. And even use of NSAIDs in rodent models can reduce the observed neurodegeneration. In humans, uh, epidemiological studies have shown that NSAID use, including by self-report and including both ibuprofen and aspirin, are associated with a lower risk of Parkinson's disease, although this is not universally observed. More recent meta-analysis summarizing these observational studies do point out towards a protective effect of NSAIDs. So a lot of reasons you know, to, to look at this. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like there is a huge relationship between anti-inflammatory drugs and Parkinson's. But in this paper, you focused on LARC2 mutation carriers. Is there any evidence that inflammation may play a role specifically in LARC2 mutation? Uh, yes. Um, the data suggesting that LARC2 is active in inflammation is actually very convincing, and maybe even more so than in idiopathic PD. LARC2 is expressed in most immune cells, including microglia, but also monocytes and macrophages. Variants in LARC2 have been associated with inflammatory conditions like Crohn's disease, suggesting you know, possibly some common pathways. And even more recently, uh, uh, there are a couple of studies showing that inflammatory markers measured in the periphery in serum can discriminate between severity phenotypes in, in LARC2PD, so people with already have PD. So uh, this evidence from LARC2 protein points towards inflammation definitely as a possible key determinant in, in the uh, development of PD among carriers. However, one of the main motivations to pursue this study was precisely to investigate factors that might affect the incomplete penetrance of LARC2. As you, as you know, uh, LARC2 is the most common Mendelian genetic cause of Parkinson's, uh, and it has an age-dependent penetrance that is low, about, uh, relatively low, about 30% by age 80. There are also risk variants that increase the risk of PD, but there is almost no information of how non-genetic factors uh, may affect the penetrance. And this relatively low penetrance uh, does suggest that there are non-genetic factors at work in this population. 
And this, this led us to look farther into some modifiable risk factors like NSAID use. Excellent. Now, in the study, you report on a surprisingly large cohort of more than 500 LARC2 mutation carriers, both with and without Parkinson's disease. How did you collect data from such a large number of subjects? Well, first of all, I have to say that I did not personally collect the data from, <laughs> from all these subjects. The population included in the study was uh, derived from two large international collaborations. So it was the work of many people over a long period of time. We included data from two large cohorts, uh, the Parkinson's disease genetic and environmental modifiers cohorts, or PDGEM, that included data on 26 international sites and the Michael J. Fox Foundation LARC2 cohort consortium which included data from 14 different sites. Um, these cohorts were created to assemble groups of people with and without PD who carry mutations in LARC2 and others. And these cohorts preceded, for example, the formation of the Parkinson's Disease Biomarker Initiative from the Michael J. Fox Cohort Consortium, uh, which comprises several different cohorts within it. We use data on the cross-sectional study only uh, because it had the highest number of subjects, which is what we're looking for. Within the cohorts, uh, we distinguished those who had the pathogenic variants, for example, the, the common uh, G2099S variant, and also the risk variant, the Asian, that, that is more common in the Asian populations, based on consensus, consensus from the literature, and then define them as either symptomatic having PD or asymptomatic. And then we determined the exposure to NSAIDs uh, through the Parkinson's disease risk factor questionnaire, which is a standard and validated tool in PD research and uh, the questions including whether the patient or uh, participant had ever taken an ibuprofen-based drug, aspirin, another one regularly, and we define this regular use, and this could be up for debate, as taking at least two pills per week for six months or longer before the diagnosis of PD or an equivalent date, um, the day of the interview in those without PD. Okay, so that was your definition of people taking anti-inflammatory drugs, right? That's correct. Well, now, could you share with our listeners what are the main results of the study? So in our cross-sectional study, we found that the proportion of those who reported taking regular NSAIDs were, was higher among those without PD, so in the asymptomatic people, than in the symptomatic cases. Uh, so about 32% of those you know, who did not have PD reported a regular use versus 11% among those who had PD. And we found similar results when we restricted the analysis to just ibuprofen or just aspirin separately. And also when we uh, adjusted this, the analysis for age, gender, and smoking status which are all you know, potential modifiable factors for, for development of PD. We also obtained similar results um, when we restricted the analysis to just the pathogenic variant carriers like G2019S or the R1441 mutations, or, but also in the risk variant carriers. And we found similar uh, results among men and women and when we considered different ages. The results were also consistent uh, when we analyzed the data from the two cohorts separately. We unfortunately did not have enough data to examine whether there was a dose response and to evaluate other anti-inflammatory drugs. And we lastly performed a lagged analysis five and 10 years to evaluate for possible reverse causality. And, uh, and it showed consistent results, although the data 10 years started to get a little uh, more sparse due to lack of data. Great. So what are your main conclusions from those results? And what do you think we can learn from these findings that we could apply to clinical practice? 
Thank you. I think that uh, our study and findings are first valuable as a prototype for gene environmental interactions in Parkinson's and in LARC2PD in particular that uh, may be therapeutically relevant in the future. And our findings can also be potentially translatable to idiopathic non-genetic PD. I think that the main take-home point is that NSAIDs possibly uh, alter the uh, the course of LARC2 gene in terms of manifesting as PD. Mm, we are adding NSAIDs to other potentially modifiable environmental risk factors linked to protection from PD in LARC2, like caffeine and urate. However, we there are still a lot of unknowns in this topic. You know, we don't know the physiological pathways on which NSAIDs uh, exert their protective effects. We don't know the appropriate drug, the dose, the timing. Uh, and of course, uh, as far as clinical applications, there are risks from regular NSAID use, you know, from gastrointestinal bleeding to uh, renal complications. So at this point, you know, I don't think you know we can recommend individuals to take it, even those you know with lactobacillus variants who are at risk. Great. Now, what further investigation do you think we should expect to see in the future on anti-inflammatory medication in LARC2 or maybe even in idiopathic Parkinson's disease? Many groups are looking into gene environmental interactions in LARC2 and, of course, in, in PD at large. And it's my hope that we will be in the near future able to further narrow down potentially modifiable interventions to people at greater genetic and other risk for PD. More concretely, next steps uh, as far as you know, this particular topic on NSAIDs include validating these findings in, in other cohorts and evaluating PD uh, risk among carriers in longitudinal cohorts. You know, our study was cross-sectional that um, has its limitations. Uh, we're working on that right now. Uh, and then you know, answering other questions like those response other NSAIDs beyond ibuprofen and aspirin and, and appropriate timing. Well, I'm really excited to see the, the data and the results of the prospective study. That would be really informative, I think. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? I think I would say to the listeners to keep, uh, keep in tune you know, for more to come on this topic. Great. Well, we've had Dr. Marta San Luciano, author of the article Non-Steroidal Anti-Inflammatory Use in LARC2 Parkinson's Disease Penetrance published on the Movement Disorders Journal. Marta, thank you again for being with us today and thank you all for listening.